Welcome to r slash malicious compliance, where OP does exactly what his boss tells him to do. Our next Reddit post is from The Anecdotist. I was working for a startup engineering firm working as a piping design engineer. But since it was a startup firm, we didn't have a lot of manpower, and the ones that we had weren't very qualified either. I was one of the very few people qualified enough to handle a team of my own. The boss trusted me with almost everything. I was like the second in command after the boss, only because I was managing a lot of things on the side as a voluntary basis. Things like paycheck balancing, client meetings, quality assurance, documentation, and other stuff that he really should have hired someone else to do. I was just good at it, and he took full advantage of it by giving me things to do that were never under my job description. One day, he had the bright idea that we should revamp our website to attract more clients. He gave this project to his nephew, who had just graduated from college, as a developer of sorts. After a week or so, the nephew came up with the first draft of the website, and the boss was fairly disappointed because it didn't look anywhere near to what he expected. He then called me in and asked me if I knew anything about website design. At the time, I was very much interested in this kind of stuff, and I was doing an online course to learn about it more, so I told him I could see what I would do. I spent the next full week making a proper information architecture, wireframes and color guidelines that the nephew could pick up and build the website from scratch. By the end, the website looked futuristic, and the boss was pretty happy. But during that week, my other extra responsibilities were put in a backlog, and they just kept piling on. I knew that I'd be able to cover everything once I was done with the website, so I didn't pay too much attention to it. The next week, my boss caught up with the backlog and called me into his office. He started yelling at me for all of my responsibilities that I didn't attend to. I calmly told him that I had been working on his website and it wasn't a big deal. I told him that I would clear out the backlog as soon as possible. But he still wasn't happy. He asked me why I spent so much time doing something that isn't even my responsibility. I told him that I was learning about user interface design and I was pretty much interested to learn more. The boss snapped and told me that I should quit and pursue my hobby as a living. He said, only then will you understand how lucky you are to have a job that pays. I got kind of offended because, one, he doesn't pay me the worth of all the things I do for the company. And two, he knew that I could do the work, but still, he took this as an opportunity to discipline me. I stepped out of his office, went to my desk, put in my resignation, and went home. He called me a couple of times and asked me to not quit, and then he asked my co-workers to call me to convince me to come back. I wasn't having it. It's been two years now. I decided to pursue user interface design as a career, and now I'm working as a product designer in one of the biggest organizations in the country, with a pay that's almost 300% more than what I was getting paid as a mechanical engineer. Our next Reddit post is from KSAVS. I'm a 15-year-old girl, and recently, I started getting complaints on the paper round that I work. I work a paper round for extra income, since I'm not 16 yet, and legally in the UK, I can't get a proper job, but I've had this job for two years. Lately though, about two months ago, I got a new house on the round, and they've been nothing but a pain in the butt. Not only is it way out of my way, so pretty much a hassle to get to, but they've been very rude to me too. Lately, my boss has been forgetting to put magazines into the papers, and they've been constantly complaining, resulting in me getting reprimanded. That in itself isn't bad, but they've yelled at me for not closing their gate properly, getting too close to their ring doorbell, and waving at their kid from the window in the morning. 
all small things that led to this malicious compliance. Five weeks ago, however, they were still complaining about not getting a magazine, despite me making sure that I delivered it, and I was just getting tired of it. The next time I delivered their papers, I knocked. Bear in mind, I have to get these papers delivered quickly, so it was 6am at this point. However, I knocked and knocked until the wife of the grumpy guy opened the door, half asleep and looking agitated. She coughed slightly, and in a typical Karen voice she goes, What the hell do you want? I look at her with fake shock, as if I don't know what I'm doing, and I tell her, I'm just delivering the magazine like you asked. At this moment, she knew that she couldn't complain. Because, first, her rang doorbell caught the entire thing, and second, I had physically handed the magazine to her this time, all undeniable proof. For the next upcoming weeks, I knocked until they answered the door, making sure to knock extra loud. This morning, however, the husband answered the door, and he looked defeated. He flat out looked at me and apologized, and said, We get it. We're sorry about the complaints. Please stop knocking so early and just get the paper through the door. After doing that round of papers that morning, nothing felt more satisfactory than the sweet taste of malicious compliance. I may be underpaid, but it was all worth it to see that guy's face. Our next Reddit post is from Papagalio. I was using a storage company to keep my stuff over the summer, and they already messed up the first part of the delivery, so I wasn't having high hopes for the time that I was supposed to get the rest of my stuff back. I had sent 7 boxes to the company, but I received a quote for 8 boxes instead, and the surplus they charged on it was quite a lot. I wrote to them asking, why is there this extra box? And they never replied to me to say they would look into it or cancel the charges for the 8th box that didn't exist. I called them every week and the line was bogged up every time and I emailed them nearly every day because the situation was just so stressful. They kept saying the extra charge was because I stored an extra box and they can't do anything about it. Despite me being explicitly clear in all my correspondence that there was no 8th box. Now that they've asked me for confirmation that I received all my boxes, I said that after 2 months, I still haven't received my final box. I got my delivery charges refunded as a goodwill gesture. Not that I would go back to them, ever. But the satisfaction now lies in the idea that they're tramping around the warehouse trying to find a box that doesn't exist. If they still haven't found the non-existent box by month 3, I might just as well demand reimbursement for no loss on my part. Our next Reddit post is from Saucer. I worked for a university IT department as a student worker for a little over 4 years. We had a sister department, the Media Center, who loaned out laptops, projectors, and other technology to professors as needed. In my fourth year of employment, I was on a first-name basis with nearly all the employees of the university, including the head of the media center. We'll call her Karen, because obviously. Karen was the queen of her kingdom and had quite a few obnoxious rules in place, but most importantly was an ironclad employee ID policy for checking out laptops. Under normal circumstances, I completely agree with this policy. However, this was not a normal circumstance. We got a call from her at 4.40 on Friday, 20 minutes before we closed, that a laptop she was trying to loan out to a very important professor wasn't able to log into the network, and she requested that we come look at it. Sure thing. I make the 10-minute walk across campus from our office to the media center with my toolkit. When I get there, I see the professor and Karen, and I ask to see the laptop. She says, 
Wait, OP, you need your name badge. Where is it? Oh, it's on my jacket in my office, Karen. I forgot to grab it rushing over here. I chuckled a bit. Deadpan, she says. OP, you can't work on this until you go get your badge. Karen, I thought this was an emergency. Do you need me to fix this right now? Yes, of course, but we still need to always follow policy. Fair enough. Policy's incredibly important. I'll go get my name badge. I left the office and trekked the 10 minutes back to my office. Then, I picked up the phone and called her. Hey Karen, just letting you know that because it's 520 and policy states that student workers can't work after hours, I'll have to come back Monday. Have a great weekend! She fumed at me for a few minutes until I essentially hung up on her. Policy is very important. Our next Reddit post is from 13F. So, once upon a time, I was a McDonald's employee. They always put me on drive through because I was white and spoke fluent English. Yes, that's pertinent. Literally everyone was Hispanic, and only like two people besides me spoke fluent English. So, I always winged it when greeting customers, and they always liked me. They'd ask about me when I was off, give me little gifts for brightening their day, etc. One day, my manager came up to me with a script and demanded that I spoke from it. I repeatedly did not use it. Eventually, my manager got frustrated and threatened me with a write-up if I didn't read from it. Here comes the malicious compliance. There was a typo in the script that referred to McDonald's as McDonald's. So, I'd repeatedly say it, and because everyone has a headset, they'd all hear it, and the staff would chuckle because most could read English, and they all understood the script. My manager was not amused. She told me that I had to say McDonald's, and I reminded her that she demanded I read from the script exactly what it says. I got sent home that day and they cut my hours. Still, I feel like I won. Down in the comments, we have this story from Remote Hovercraft. I was a McDonald's manager for overnights, and one time, this new crew member kept taking orders like, Welcome to McDonald's, how may I make help you today? Eventually, <laughs> they changed all the words to have Mick in front of them. Are you going to be paying with McCash or McCard? And some of the customers would respond with, McThank you. I didn't stop them. Our next Reddit post is from I Love Dubstep. I'm fishing at the park right now. The guy next to me walks away, and his pole starts bending over. I didn't see wherever he went, so I go to set his hook for him, and he shows up out of nowhere like a ninja. I miss the fish, and he says, Bro, just mind your business and leave people's stuff alone. I tell him he's right, apologize, and go back to my own fishing pole. He gets his line back in the water and disappears again about 15 minutes later, leaving his pole standing up on the back of his chair. His drag clicks a couple of times, so I turn to see where he went. This douchebag is like 60 yards away. Then I hear the line start to zip out of his fishing pole. The line is peeling off his reel, and I almost piss myself because keepers usually don't bite at 12.30 in the afternoon. I know what's coming, so I put my headphones in and mind my own business, but I give the pole the side eye. The reel reaches the end of his line, and I watch his fishing rod just launch into the lake, and the guy just watches it go bye-bye in the distance. He comes rushing back, but by then, of course, it's too late. He gets my attention, so I take my headphones off, and he yells, Dude, I know that you saw my pole getting hit. I said, Really? Where'd it go? In the effing water? My fishing pole is gone. I tell him, Aw, oh, man, that sucks. I was just over here minding my own business. Our next Reddit post is from Nameless and Quiet. I'm a bridal consultant at a very popular bridal salon in my town. 
I have many years of experience, and I love what I do. Most of the bridal gowns in my shop are special order, meaning that they must be ordered before they're made by the designer, and lead times can be anywhere from four weeks to eight and a half months. Not everyone knows this when they come shopping for a gown. That's the whole point of me being there. I make sure that we can get the dress in time, that any desired customizations or alterations are possible, and that the price is within the bride's budget. Well, when this particular bride and her mother stepped into the store, they went immediately to the racks and started ripping through the neatly hung gowns. I introduced myself, explaining that I would be their consultant for the appointment. The bride had a fairly short engagement, four and a half months, and I knew that only some of the gowns would be available in time. As I tried to explain the process to her and her mother, she sharply cut me off and told me, Just let us shop and leave us alone. I was stunned to be spoken to so rudely, so I did as I was told. I left them alone. Even when I saw them looking at dresses twice her budget that wouldn't arrive until months after their wedding. I never took any of the gowns back to a dressing room or asked her if she'd like to actually try them on. Even when they stood by for a while, clearly waiting for me to take her back to the dressing rooms, I just continued on with my other work as if they didn't exist. Eventually, they realized that I had no intentions of acknowledging or helping them in any way, and they left without getting to try any gowns on. The owner asked me about it after they left, and I told her the whole story. She laughed and said, good for you. Our next Reddit post is from Sparnesta. This happened a couple of months ago in our neighborhood. There's a pretty rundown house on our block with some really inconsiderate neighbors. They have a large travel trailer that's too big for their driveway and sticks out one foot onto the sidewalk when it's parked. It's not really an issue because there's plenty of room to walk around it. But the kicker is, they always park it on their half of the driveway so it completely blocks the sidewalk. They live in a corner house, so it's dangerous for a family to walk in the street around a blind corner because the sidewalk is inaccessible. Multiple neighbors, including myself, have asked them multiple times to pull their car into the driveway or park it on the street to leave the sidewalk accessible. They always say they will, but nothing changes. Well, apparently, they got into a shouting match with one of the other neighbors over it, with the offending neighbor telling the other neighbor that, if they don't like it, to call the city. Well, the other neighbor did just that. The city came out and wrote a ticket for the SUV blocking the sidewalk, and also wrote them up for the trailer that was too big to fit in the driveway, which forced them to store it in a rental place for 350 bucks a month. That was r slash malicious compliance, and if you like this content, be sure to follow my podcast, because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.